Welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. Doing stuff you like is cool, and so is making money. This is the show where you'll learn to do both, from people who are actually getting paid to do what they like. I'm your host, Bo Blackwell, and I'm here to help you discover how you, too, can get paid for that, whatever that may be. Hey there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of You Can Get Paid For That. On this episode, I am joined by Chris Sharp, who has a really interesting business, basically as a producer of YouTube shows. So he has worked with a couple of different people, one of whom is his wife, uh, to create really cool personal branded uh, YouTube shows called Hilo Cooking and Yoga with Adrian. And these shows have gotten incredibly popular. They have huge followings, and they've actually turned them into thriving, successful businesses. So in this episode, you're going to hear how uh, Chris got started doing these shows, how they grew their following, and most importantly, how they monetize the shows and actually are able to make a business out of it. So this could be a great option for you if you don't necessarily want to be the on-camera talent, but you have an interest in video and in building brands and uh, helping people in cool kind of hobby or lifestyle-based areas like yoga or like cooking or something like that. So here's the episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. All right. Well, thanks for so much for being here, Chris. It's really great to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Cool. So I'll start off with the question that I ask everybody, which is, what do you get paid for? <laughs> uh, that's, that's actually actually kind of tricky, but my main thing is that I'm a producer of YouTube videos. So I uh, develop ideas for YouTube channels and uh, develop the shows around those and create the shows and then build businesses around them. So I uh, build as many income streams around each brand as I can, and I'm kind of the big picture guy. Okay. So um, what would an average day for you look like on that front or, you know, what all kind of aspects of, of managing or producing the shows do you take on? I mean, are you doing camera work or editing or anything like that? Or is it more uh, sort of the high level production type stuff? I'm involved in both, actually. I'm in the process of taking myself out of the mix a little bit when it comes to shooting and editing, but I have shot and edited over 300 cooking videos and over 150 yoga videos in addition to all the other stuff that we've done. So I'm still pretty involved on a hands-on level, and that's that's the part of the business that really um, got me into this because I come from a film background, and I was looking for a way to take those skills and make a more reliable uh, living from them. So I just, uh, as we started making the shows, I started trying to figure out ways that they could make money. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, one thing I'm kind of curious about is the, the two shows of yours that I'm familiar with, Cooking with mm -hmm. Hyla and Yoga with Adrian. Um, those are both in really pretty competitive niches and where there was already a, a lot of stuff out there and a lot of free content. Um, how did you decide that, that those were the niches that you guys wanted to go into and uh, how did you approach it knowing that, that there was a lot of competition? You know, what did you, what do you feel like you did that really helped you guys stand out since you've grown so much so quickly? Well, I think the, you know, they say that like 90% of producing is picking the right people. So, I think I picked 
just amazing people for both of those. Um, you, because if you're listening to this and you don't aren't familiar with the shows, I'm not on camera. I'm the behind the scenes guy. But I knew that Hilo was a great cook and she was great on camera. And we were looking for something very simple that we could um, work on together. And and since I was already eating a lot of her cooking anyway, we decided <laughs> like a cooking show would be great. And I knew she'd be great on camera. And we'd, we'd done a lot of like sketch comedy videos and, and short films together in the past, uh, with, you know, with her as one of the actors. But I couldn't figure out a way to make those make money. And I figured, well, cooking, I saw that other people were actually having some success in that niche. So we decided to like try it out and we gave ourselves a goal of a hundred. We were going to make a hundred short cooking videos to see what would happen. And by that time we were getting traction and it was making money. So we decided to keep going. Um, and then I wanted to see if I could apply that same template kind of the same, um, way that we had built that business into another, uh, niche. And I knew Adrian and I knew, and I'd worked with her on short films and things too, but she was a yoga teacher on the side in addition to being an actor. So I was like, let's try this again. And I knew she'd be great on camera. And I knew there was an audience there because there was a lot of yoga videos. And um, so we decided to give it a shot and it worked. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, How did you, uh, or how much planning did you do in advance, I guess, in terms of figuring out uh, ways that you could be different from what was out there or planning content? Did you, did you do a lot of kind of focusing in or was it just let's try out a lot of stuff and then adjust on the fly and see, you know, what people are responding to? That's a great question. Uh, I originally with the cooking channel, I started with some keyword research and I, we didn't have, we had absolutely no money when we started that channel. Uh, so we, I mean, we had a camera and some lights that we got from Target that weren't even, uh, video lights. They were just like <laughs> lamps. So, so we got started and so I, so I knew I didn't have money to promote and we didn't have a, any audience built up. You know, we didn't have anywhere to start really. We we're starting from nothing. So I figured, well, I'll use search engine optimization to, uh, to get some organic traffic coming into these videos. So w- what we did is we sat around and we made a list of 100. Um, well, it was a list of longer than a hundred potential recipes for the cooking channel. And then I went and I did a keyword research to see if there was very much competition for each one or which ones I thought we could really go after. So the, the ones that I thought had a lot of potential, those made up about 75% of our original content mix. So we would optimize all the, all of the videos for those keywords that I thought we could the thought that we stood a chance of getting some traffic for and that's how we built up all the original traffic to highly cooking and we did it was a little bit harder to find um the yoga keywords that i felt like we could go after but there were a few key yoga videos that we ranked really well for and that kind of started the growth of that channel as well so that's a bit the the search engine optimization of key videos has been a critical part of getting the audience kick-started that's really interesting. Um, so you said you didn't have any money for promotion or anything like that. Uh, was, was the growth really just all organic or how did you, you know, what else did you maybe do outside we, of the keyword research to, to help get that kicked off, especially in the really early stages when it's crickets for most people, you know? <laughs> well, it was actually crickets for quite a while. I mean, there was, a, we, there, slowly people came in and, and found the show and liked it. And the cooking show, it was a little bit easier because that was, a less crowded space at that time. Now that space is super crowded. Whereas when we started, 
I would, I mean, it's so much bigger. It's so much more crowded now than when we first started. So if occasionally we would have people come in and just find the show and like it and subscribe on YouTube and keep watching, but it took us a while to figure out what we were doing. We got some traffic coming in and we got ranked well for a few videos. And, but in the beginning, Hilo was really not into this whole social media and internet thing. And when I would like tell her like, Oh, maybe we could try Twitter. And she would just like look at, roll her eyes and look at me like I was the biggest nerd ever. Cause she was, she was not <laughs> having it. She, I think she thought it was going to be all a fad or something. So, um, and we, and our initial idea is like, we're going to make this really cool, funny show. And then we'll meet people from TV or something like that. Then we'll do a TV show. Uh, we didn't, I, I would say for the first year, we didn't really have the vision that it could turn into a successful business that we totally had control over. And, mm-hmm. um, so, but then as it started, then we decided that we were going to like start engaging on YouTube specifically. So when a video would go up, she would spend some time answering comments and, ga- and engaging there. And we started like concentrating on building our Facebook page. So this after. We saw a small amount of growth through the search engine optimization. Then we started really adding social interaction and community building into our um, into our plans, and that that was there from the beginning of the Yoga with Adrian channel. And I think that's part of why that grew so much faster. Gotcha. So, what does that interaction uh, look like, or how much time maybe do you guys spend on that? Um, is it just responding to? To emails or questions on social media or what kind of community building would you say you guys do? Yeah, that's really, they spend a lot of time doing that and I'm not that involved other than just kind of, you know, I, I guide the, I give ideas for what I think our social media posting schedule would be. And then I look at all the analytics on, okay, well, this type of post does really well on Sunday. So let's make sure we do a question post about like, what are you going to eat this week every Sunday? That type of thing. So I'll, I'll look at all the analytics, but they basically respond to YouTube comments, blog comments and, um, engage in like Instagram, Facebook and Twitter are the big ones for us. So they're, they're really doing the hands on part of things when it comes to the, the social media interaction. Gotcha. That's a lot of, uh, kind of different spaces or social media channels to be uh, interacting on. Uh, is it pretty time consuming to be taking on, you know, five or four or five different channels or it, does it end up being pretty manageable? I think it's, I mean, you'd probably have to ask them. I think it's manageable, <laughs> but I'm not the one doing it. So I don't hear too many complaints. So, I mean, there's a fun, I mean, I know that there's certain questions that you get over and over again that are uh, a little bit annoying, but uh, I think for the most part, it's pretty rewarding. Gotcha. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about is how much content you guys are putting out there each week and uh, sort of how you find ideas, I guess, for content, because, you know, you said you've done hundreds of videos and you were telling me that you just did uh, a full month of videos for the Yoga with Adrian show. Right. You know, one thing I've always kind of struggled with myself on in different blogs that I've run or um, channels or that kind of thing is running out of content ideas. So uh, where do you guys get your ideas from and, and how do you uh, manage to maintain kind of a consistent schedule of posting. Okay. Yeah. Well, our, our schedule is we publish a video, um, every week at the same time every week. So it's kind of like a, t- like a TV show comes on every week. We have a video come on every week. And so people, that's a, that's a big key factor in, um, 
getting people used to watching your video or they know the video yoga video is going to come out every Wednesday night so they can make some time Thursday morning to do their yoga practice along with the video or they know a cooking video is going to come out every weekend so that they can you know over the weekend they can put together ingredients and possibly make the make whatever we recipe we used in the video that type of thing so the the schedule is very important and also during this community interaction we get a lot of suggestions for what people would like to see so i would say that feedback and suggestions from the community whether it's things that people are confused about that we need to cover or just something people would like to see. Uh, if we start hearing certain things over and over again, we definitely incorporate those into the content plan. And then there, I would say maybe 10 to 15% are things that are still things that we think would be popular and potentially attract new people to the channel. And some of these come from, uh, I still do quite a bit of research on things that are trending and and keywords that I think that we could go after. So I would say 10 to 15% of the videos are still focused on that. Mm -hmm. And um, then also some of them are just creative things that we want to do. So because those are kind of there for us to have fun with. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's a, a, a great approach that you have where you are looking for the keywords that people are, are searching on because it's a great way to expand your audience outside of the people that already know you and love you and are going to, you know, kind of your true fans that are going to check out everything you do anyway. Yeah, we kind of have everything segmented into um, like search, what we call search magnets, which are designed to just pull in search traffic. And then we have um, videos that are designed to be very they have social hooks so they're very shareable on social networks and then we have um community builders which are basically videos like directly for the community whether it's um about the community about people in the community or things that are going the things that have been specifically requested by people in the community so that kind of mix, makes up our content mix gotcha um where would you say that your community is mostly um interacting or, or posting questions is it mostly on youtube or is Facebook a big part of that or how, how does that mix kind of work? Kind of the, the inch people that are, the, Facebook is really the deep end of people that are very super engaged and, and actually building relationships with each other and, and communicating with each other a lot. We have several uh, Facebook groups that people are very active in, but those are people that have already kind of come in through finding us on YouTube and posting a few questions there and then maybe making their way to, the website and engaging in the blog comments. Once they get there, we try to engage them. Uh, we try to get them onto our email newsletter and then we move them into like a Facebook group, ideally. And then it, then it, that, that place has a whole, those, those groups have a life of their own. Um, so that's where the most meaningful community stuff happens right now. Gotcha. That's really interesting because I, I don't know too many people that, um, seem to be using groups. People mostly seem to want to push, uh, you know, fans or followers to to like their page. But I've actually found groups to be a fantastic way to to actually get in front of your followers more and and get to interact with them much better than on a page. So um, absolutely. Yeah. How much are you guys in the groups, or is it sort of just like a you know get people in there and they'll interact with each other so that they stay kind of engaged with the brand? There's tons of interaction, uh, but we're in the groups at least once a day, often more than that. Okay, cool. Um, so switching gears a little bit, you had mentioned at the beginning that, um, you know, you have 
paid models around these businesses. Obviously, you're not mm-hmm. you're not just doing it for fun. <laughs> right. Um, although it sounds like a lot of fun. But um, one thing you know that I think uh, a lot of people think about putting up a YouTube channel or building a, a personal brand in a space like cooking or yoga is that, uh, oh, you can only do this for free. Like people just want free content. So how have you guys been able to kind of make that, that transition or help move people along from just being there to get free information to joining your mailing list or, you know, buying one of your products or that kind of thing like what how what have you found this is the best way to sort of make that transition in a space that has a reputation for being one where everybody is just a freebie seeker yeah i think for cooking we you know because all of this internet stuff you can't ever touch it so it's it's all like very ephemeral so with the cooking um with highly cooking we did several books that are print you know printed books that have done really really well for us and i think part of that is people can actually have something to put their hands on. That's like a physical manifestation of the show and they can make notes at it in it and have it in their kitchen with them. So we've done several books through um, the Hila cooking brand. And then with uh, the yoga brand, we've done several, uh, we've done two major classes, which are like a class someone can buy and they get in it. They get videos that aren't on the YouTube channel and, there are videos that are there. There are classes that are focused on things that we know people have a desire for to areas that they want to go deeper into. So in addition to the videos, they get, they can stream the videos, download the videos. They get a daily email for the, for the uh, duration of the course. And they get access to one of these uh, private uh, Facebook groups that are just for that course. Mm-hmm. And um, a PDF guide, like it's basically a really short ebook about, the course. So those have done really well for us. And we've just expanded into t-shirts for the yoga with Adrian brand. And that's done really, really well. So I think it's like, like these internet brands, people, they develop a, they they get really into them and they want to have a way to, they want to have a further connection. And I think the physical products have kind of fit that need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think that's a thing a lot of people don't realize these days how easy it is to get fulfillment done mm-hmm. on books or shirts or that kind of thing to the point where, you know, I think in the old days you could do it, but you had to have boxes uh, cluttering up your house. <laughs> you exactly. Know? And that's one of the, that's one of, when, when starting these companies, that's one of the things that I had set in place from the beginning is like, we're never going to have boxes of stuff sitting around. So we're always going to find another solution because I don't want to stuff things in envelopes. Mm-hmm. So, so we've, we've worked hard to find other solutions for that type of thing. For the cookbooks, we've used create space and Amazon, which has been awesome. And for the t-shirts and things like that, we found a um, great um, company actually here mm-hmm. in Austin called amplifier that does uh, fulfillment like silkscreen shirts and all kinds of printing and fulfillment for they're basically build themselves as the fulfillment company for the internet and work with some really big internet brands. So they've been like amazing to work for and work with, and I haven't had to stuff any envelopes. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, where do you uh, put these products in front of, of the audience. I mean, are you referencing them on the shows or at the end of, of the episodes or is it to your mailing list or in the Facebook groups? Like where? Every, pretty much everywhere. So it, how we bring them up, it just kind of, kind of depends. Like with the classes, we'll usually shoot a, uh, 
video talking about the class that's about to come out. So we'll just talk about it. Here's what it is. And then we'll link to it through the YouTube description and through YouTube annotations. And uh, we'll also usually do a special offer to the email list and, and we'll definitely promote it to the Facebook groups as well. Okay, cool. Um, one thing I was, I would love it if you could uh, tell the, the audience a little bit about it is this promotion that you just did that you were telling me about uh, for the yoga with Adrian brand with the month of yoga lessons and kind of how you came up with that idea, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing as far as results sure. go and, and just sort of how you, did that promotion because the the results are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, so with every, you know, with every type of, with every niche, there's certain times of year that are going to be, they're going to, that are going to naturally work in your favor. So for cooking, we know that from November to New Year's, it's people are looking for recipes because they're doing a lot of cooking for their family and a lot of entertaining. So that's like, that's like striking while the iron is hot in that, in that area. But for fitness, it's definitely January. So we knew we had, we had launched our first product the previous January and it, it had done great and it was a great experience. And actually like launching a product had helped build our channel and it, and it, and above and beyond it being financially successful, it was just like such a rewarding experience. So we decided to take that beginning of the year and do something bigger. So we, and we wanted to do it on our channel to see how we could see how much we could build our channel. And so we, we weren't selling it. We were giving it away. And the whole idea was to get new YouTube subscribers and to ideally get people on our mailing list. So we did a full length video every day for every for the entire month of January so it was 30 days of yoga we knew of course challenges in the fitness uh, niche are very popular right now so it's it's kind of that type of thing we tried to not make it too much of a challenge we just wanted everyone to you know experiment with trying to do yoga every day for a month so we sent out an email we, we had a we had a page set up so people could give us their email address and get the videos emailed them to them each day. And we released a new video every day and it was phenomenally successful. We added um, just under a hundred thousand new YouTube subscribers during that month. And uh, like all the numbers, like we're still like sorting out all the numbers. Uh, we're still adding over 400 new email subscribers a day because people are still doing it, but we wow. probably, Probably as far as email subscribers, we probably added about fifteen thousand during that time. So, very happy with how everything uh, worked out on that, and the response, like the response to it, has just been great because it's, it's kind of helped us find. You know, it wasn't really designed. It was designed to be to grow the channel and gr and grow the brand, but it was really just designed to find more people out there that were going to resonate with what we're doing, mm -hmm. and so it totally succeeded. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I mean, I think that that goes to show uh, putting out a full length video every day for a month is a huge undertaking. So I'm sure, you know, you guys put a ton of time and effort into putting that together. And I think that just kind of goes to show like when what you're giving away to people is so valuable and, and so much higher quality than what people are typically offering for, you know, Sign up for absolutely. our mailing list. That yeah, makes absolutely. a big difference. And it's and and we do have a different style as for for the YouTube channel. It has its own style because that is a YouTube channel. I mean, it's a YouTube channel first and foremost. So we're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we're doing a lot that is 
YouTube, what I would call YouTube native. So it's like we do stuff that's that's very that's designed to make it work within YouTube. It's not necessarily designed to work everywhere, but it's designed specifically for that platform. Now the classes that we do, they're different in style and the while the production value I consider it to be high all around, it's much different in the classes that we do. So it's giving, you know, it's giving people something different, something that they're not used to, but it's all very, it's all as high quality as we can make it. Um, and you know, it's the, basically we try to do, give 80% of everything that we create away for free. And we don't want that to be any less quality than the stuff that we charge for. We just want it to be different. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to kind of ask you about being the the producer of the show is, you know, I think people are kind of scared of doing video because it can be such a a time intensive kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of work, there's obviously the fears around being on video and stuff, but even just the amount of work that goes into uh, going from filming a video to having it live on YouTube, you know, are there any kind of suggestions you have or shortcuts that have trim down on the the time intensive um aspect of it because i think you know a lot of people would love to do video and be great at it but they're kind of afraid of tackling something that big sure and and like i said we produce a ton of video like at least two videos every week so after doing this for almost five years or a little over five years now like i realized that every step that everything that i do on each video i'm going to have to do again next week and all the rest of the weeks for the year. So like I, so I, I relentlessly pare down the format of the videos and I like everything that I can eliminate without it, without the quality suffering. I just cut that out. Like if it's like, I don't do anything flashy on a regular YouTube videos because that could add five or 10 minutes to each video, which if you multiply that out, like every week is Mm -hmm. a lot of time. So I always encourage people to spend a lot of time thinking about the format of the videos that they're going to create and how can you communicate effectively with the most simple format because the format doesn't need to be flashy. Really people are, you know, not looking at the the square, they're looking at what's in the square and as long as you can can like if you if you need to convey a message or talk about a product or whatever whatever the the, the format of the video should should um service the intent of the video or the service of the purpose of the video. So I think you can do a lot by simplifying everything down. It's really, it's never been easier to shoot video because the, the, the quality of video on phones is so high even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, and you don't also don't have to, you can edit that you can edit really impressive videos in ScreenFlow, which is a $99 piece of editing software. So it's like, there's really not any technical, uh, what I, when I'm talking to people, a lot of times they get hung up on the technical hurdles. The technical hurdles are pretty much gone. Now it's, as, it's really almost as easy to edit vi- video as it is to use a word processor. So don't let that scare you. Simplify everything as much as you can and then just listen to your audience and make changes from there. Yeah. That's great advice. I, I love the idea of keeping it simple because I do think a lot of people get hung up on trying to make things look super professional right out of the gate or, right. you know, that kind of thing. And it ends up holding it back from just getting something out there. <laughs> yeah. And what is professional now? Right. I mean, right. Yeah. No, nobody really knows what that is. And no, and the, the standard for what looks good has completely changed. I mean, I don't even know what that is really. I mean, it needs to look the way it needs to look to get your message across. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Well, outside of um, using a piece of software like ScreenFlow or you know iMovie or something like that, do you have any other recommendations for kind of simple tricks or uh, techniques that people can use for making videos look or sound better? Because that's one thing I've noticed on YouTube is I see a lot of videos that um, the content is great, but for example, the sound is so bad that it's distracting. Yeah, I would say that just like don't be worried about picture quality. You definitely worry about sound quality before you worry about picture. And there's some very, very simple ways to increase your sound quality, uh, to improve your sound quality. Like if you're shooting with, even if you're shooting with an iPhone, you can pick up a, a little uh, wired lavalier mic. It's made by uh, Rode, R-O-D-E, and I think it's around $40. You can plug that into your iPhone and actually get really good sound quality on your iPhone videos. So if you're doing like a talking head video, you can put put a wired lavalier on yourself, run it into the phone, and you're going to have like really good quality uh, audio. And same th- if you're shooting with a DSLR or a camera that has a mic microphone input, you can pit it, pick up an audio Technica wired lavalier mic for like $22 on Amazon, run that into your camera and just, you know, do your best to hide it. If you're not moving around a whole lot, the wired lav is not going to be a problem and the sound will be awesome. I actually used that like $22 microphone for almost three years on the Hilo cooking channel. So that's like a cheap, easy way to like dramatically improve it. You know, improving your audio actually improves your picture quality because, uh, People just think your video is better, and they don't notice your flaws. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. And I'll get the uh, the links for those mics that Chris is talking about and put those in the show notes for anybody that's interested. Because, yeah, I, I have one of those Audio-Technica mics as well, and it does make a, a huge difference of recording into something like that as opposed to just your iPhone's mic or even, uh, you know, I have a, a video camera and mm-hmm. even just the sound on that by itself is not great because the mic picks up all kinds of external noises and stuff. So I think, I think for these, particularly on YouTube, like getting the mic really close to your mouth, you know, like, like, so it gets the, it makes the vocal audio so much more intimate. It's like you're talking directly to the person rather than like you're sitting in a room talking to a camera. So I think that's, that's a big key is like getting that uh, much closer vocal audio. Great. Uh, that's an awesome tip. Um, so let's jump into some kind of lightning round type of questions. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask, are there any specific tools or services that you feel like have really really helped you grow your business outside of maybe YouTube? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, email, for sure. We ran on MailChimp for a long time. We've switched to Entreport now, but email list, just, you know, I can't emphasize how important it is to build your email list. And as far as a tool, uh, Final Cut Pro 10 which is hugely controversial, but has been a lifesaver for me. It's made editing so much fun and it's really the favorite, my favorite tool I've ever edited on. And it's $300 and free updates, free upgrades for life. So uh, I highly recommend that. Okay, cool. Interesting. I haven't ever played with that. I've always just used iMovie and, um, that, that doesn't seem to have gotten better over time. So I might have no, to check out Final Cut Pro. <laughs> yeah, just like there's a, there's a tiny learning curve, but then like I, like, it's it's great. It's so fast. I would sit in coffee shops with my MacBook Air and edit videos, and it was like the closest I've felt like editing was getting to. It was it made editing so simple. I felt like I was almost writing in a notebook. So highly recommend it. Okay, awesome. Um, on a kind of related note, could you recommend a a great book or website um, that that you think 
the audience would really benefit from or that has really helped you um, in terms of a business or even just kind of, you know, personally? Uh, personally, you'll hear this one a lot, but it's uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's it's more about like do, it's it, it's all about doing the work. It's not about specific tactics and stuff, but it's about uh, overcoming the resistance that keeps you from getting your work done and making major improvements in your life. So I highly recommend that. And if you're looking for a specific YouTube book, I have a book called YouTube Black Book on Amazon that I would also recommend. Okay, great. Yeah, The War of Art is absolutely one of my favorite books of all time. I've read it multiple times, yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's one of those you could probably read every day. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, so this is kind of a funky question, but a friend of mine says that every person has a unique, uh, he calls it unfair advantage, that really helps them stand out and be successful, um, something that they can do or that naturally comes to them that maybe it doesn't to other people. Do you, do you have any idea what yours might be? I think it's my uh, redneck lineage where I'm just like <laughs> super stubborn and will keep uh, bashing my head against the wall until I uh, succeed. That's an awesome answer. I <laughs> love that. Okay. And um, finally, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing this. This has been so cool and it's so interesting to hear somebody that has had so much success building up not just one, but two extremely popular shows. Um, but where can people find out more about you and about the shows and, and kind of what you're working on if they want to learn more about you? Sure. You can find out everything at ChristopherSharp.com and that has links to everywhere that you, that it, everything that we've talked about. Okay. And that's sharp with an E at the end. That is. Uh, so mm-hmm. um, great. And I will link that up in the show notes as well. Great. But Chris, I just want to thank you again for taking the time. This has been super interesting and super helpful. So thanks so much for being yeah, on thank the show. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. All right. All right. Bye. Hey, Bo here. I wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it, or if you have an idea for how I could make it even better, it would really mean a lot to me if you could leave a review at youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes. Leaving reviews really helps to get the word out about the show, introduces new audience to it to make it even better, and is your way of telling me how I can make it the best show possible for you. Also, if you'd like to get all of the updates that I have on the blog, on podcast episodes, and get a copy of my Quick Start Biz Quiz, which is a real simple one-page document with some questions you can answer to get really clear on your business, how to get it going, and how to make it even better, just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe, and you can sign up there. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.